Get yourself a virus. It's Amigos, episode 387. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Virus. Mm. Aaron, is this the worst name for a game you've ever heard? Well, it's up there. I mean... Because uh, uh, you're talking about computer software. Yeah. And you name your game Virus. I mean, you could see they were getting cute. You know, it's like steal, it's like steal this book. I you call, you, know? you call it getting cute. I call it dumb. Well, yeah. It could have been... They could have named it antivirus. Yeah, that would have been that ju- would have been better. That would have been a think, step up, I suppose. But when you people got it at home, they'd be kind of upset when they put it in. It was a game. Now, if you were going to name this game, what would you call it? <laughs> well, I did call it a few choice names on this planet. You know, the, well, this game had another name. Mm-hmm. We're going to get and, into and that. So, I'm sure. so, and I probably would have stuck with that name mm-hmm. to be completely. You're not honest very with good you. at naming things. I've noticed. What do you? <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, you had the opportunity to rename ARG Presents, a, game, a, a show you always hated the name. I never had an opportunity to. to do that. Wait, listen, once the ship has sailed, it's like you, can't re, you can't rename the ship. I rename ships all the time. No, name any show we do that you rename. Roseanne. We didn't do that. <laughs> now that would have been a show. Oh, my gosh. I would, you would have been on your own for that one. I mean, once you've started the show, you can't just stop and rename it. Or we can start a whole new show. That's what RMC did. Here's he the way I this show. Well, um, that's not the same though. And here's here's my thing, right? So you got the Brent on the show, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought to myself, man, this thing's headed for the iceberg. No reason to change the name now, you know. And so we've just narrowly avoided the iceberg for several years mm-hmm. now. But we're still, you, know, you never know. You know, they call ARG Presents the best show. On I've the heard network. that. You really resent that, don't you? No. It's true. You should be like me and be on all the great shows. Then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Listen, it's ARG Presents is perfect the way it is. Well, you are, you're always welcome to come in. And then you and Britt can fight to the death while I watch. Aaron, let's talk about this week's Amiga News. All right, Aaron, our first story this week comes from one of our best Amiga buddies, Ravi Abbott. He has produced a uh, retrospective look at his time back in Athlone at Amiga Ireland 2023. Aaron, did you check this thing out? I did. I did watch this. And I I know it was sort of bittersweet to flip through this for you. And this reminded me a little bit of the video you shot a couple years ago, except uh, uh, less angry, I guess would be the (laughs) best way to put it. But it was, I found it quite interesting. It's nice uh, uh, to see. Like, he did some stuff you didn't do, including show his disco. His disco <laughs> disco toilet? Yeah. This it's bed. Look at this room. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm down with it. it it's got a neon stripe going you through You know, what the they glow. don't tell you is that every room in Ireland is like that. It's the, the wall. Do you really want a thing that's effectively a black light that runs right beside the bed into the bathroom? I don't think you do. Not a rental. What if you're, you know, what if you stumble out of bed and you can't remember where the bathroom is? You just follow the light. Well, Come <laughs> to the window. Yeah, the thing is, the light runs all over <laughs> So if you're in a drunken stupor, that could be a big problem. But yeah, I mean, the room looked nice. The venue was, poof, it was a big old joint. Yeah, well, this, this is the same place. This is the same venue that it was the last year I was there. It seems brighter to me. Was mm. it? Did they have it darkened up? Before? Well, it's possible they had those curtains open. Uh, see, the curtains behind the, the screen there were yeah. open, and maybe that had something to do with it. But I didn't take a whole lot of video of the venue most of my video was streaming and i in uh the the second year yeah and so uh but yeah i mean i really enjoyed watching this it was a little bit bittersweet not getting to go but yeah i enjoyed you know ravi knows everybody yeah and so he talks to everybody and uh and it's just it's a great video you should watch it this is as close if you weren't there this is as close as you can come to, to being there i will say this now if i may begin the burial I tried though. I tried like gangbusters to get information when this was going on to catch live streams of stuff. There wasn't jack squat, brother. Mm-hmm. The website said nothing. There was nothing going on anywhere. If it wasn't for Edvin, who sent out some video and a little tour when mm-hmm. it was going on, I would have because I when you were there, 
I got to sit and watch like a good chunk of the right. show. Well, that's the thing. No when when somebody's there to be a streamer, stuff gets done. But when nobody wants to stream, nobody streams. Someone should have streamed this. And what got me was on their on their on their YouTube, there had been like a test stream months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if they had a test stream, maybe the test failed. And they're like, screw it, we're not doing nothing. Yeah. But so, I mean, you got to remember, people like us that don't get to go, we don't want to see the show. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see nothing. So thankfully, they took some photos and some videos of some of the guest speakers and stuff that are up there now. But yeah, I felt like I kind of I felt like I was getting jobbed out when I was looking for this thing. I got right. kind of hosed. But so but Ravi, great job as always. There's the holiday of the show. Just <laughs> box after box of Krispy Kreme donuts. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good video there, right? Oh, you know, I am going to put Ravi over by the way, Bode. So guess what I got to do yesterday? I got to catch Ravi's live set, brother. Mm-hmm. DJ set. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great. I don't get to see him live very often on YouTube. Man, he lays it down, formula style. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. So if you haven't caught Ravi's live stream, I believe that's on the that channel's called the Formula or Formula. formula. It's called Formula. Yeah, check that out. It's great. It was all, it was very very fun. Yes, yeah. I, I, Edmund says he only put up pictures because I nagged him. You got that right. That's what I do, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, Aaron. Next up, we have a, a, a an article on Hackaday. I know you and I both enjoy the old Hackaday. I do. An unexpected Amiga network interface. So this is a new Pi-based network adapter for the A1200. Uh, this this thing is hmm. great. You know, of course there are network adapters out the yin yang for the for the 1200, but they mostly most of the time they use the PCMCIA slot. Uh, this They're also usually old, right? Like I've got an old one, but it's old. Yeah, this one actually it sits right on top the uh, the Amiga 1200's rarely used real time clock port. Ah, yeah, you're kidding me! I so didn't hear about this. This is one of these little tiny Raspberry Pis. What do they call it? Like the Nano or something like that? Yeah, the the cheapo. Yeah, that's what they call it. They used to be a cheapo anyway. And so, if you're interested, you can check out this link over at Hackaday where it talks about uh, all the things that he did to get this made. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you are looking for a network adapter, I'm sure that this thing being Pi based is going to be cheaper than a lot of the ready-made network adapters that are out there right now. That that is cool. Yeah, I mean, I got to look into that. What a neat! Now, who to think of that? Who thought that up? I didn't know you can plug anything into that. Yeah, the clock. You know, it makes me wonder what else you can plug into that real-time clock port. <laughs> this is why we don't design stuff. <laughs> Beverage cooler. But I mean, who, you know. <laughs> Who sits around it's like, you know, the Amiga's got all these different ports, but no one's using the real-time clock port. It's like, I mean, how much stuff could be run into that? That's, a couple data lines I don't know. Power? I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to find out in the future. This is the Amiga's holograph projector that runs out of the, runs out of the clock port. Give me a you break. You got a little uh, Princess Leia poking yeah. up out of your 1200. I'd love it. I'd love it. Three-dimensional guru. Next up, Aaron. This is the latest video from one Chris Edwards. You know, Chris is a busy guy, isn't he? I've heard that. I've heard that. So this this is what he does, okay? I'm going to read directly from the uh, YouTube description. All right. Okay. He, he, he prints some rear, he, rent, he 3D prints some rear plates for the tower. He installs a video toaster. He realizes it won't fit, even though it has two slots. He plays some games, tests and demos, and listens to some of his Chris-Miss music. Yeah, his Chris Dash Miss music is god awful. <laughs> it was like something like Slayer or oh, something. Not my nice, bag. Nice. But Christmas time, that's the word. They're, they're affiliated with Satan. <laughs> that's true. You don't want them in your Christmas party. So I did watch this. By the way, just look at Chris Edwards. I mean, it looks like he, he just stumbled it up a six-day bender, this mm. guy. And so the gimmick here is he's got his 4000T. He's going to put this uh, He's gonna put this uh, video toaster in there. Well, video toaster is one of these double slot yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you see all those slots, both? There's like a million slots no, no, that, in there. See, you're you're getting suckered. <laughs> he should have used the clock port because he can't use most of these slots. Oh. And the only slots he can use to do everything he wants is the one where it just hangs there with no screws. <laughs> so he's like, well, I guess I can rig something up. So, like, rip, rip. so really, so you're saying that like the A4000, the pinnacle of Amiga hardware engineering, never was able to benefit from the from the video tester. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the configuration that Paul that uh, that uh, Chris Evans wants to use that won't fit because he also wants to have like a video card in there which other oh, crap. Oh, okay. Think of who you're talking about. It's not like he's like you know I'm gonna have one Amiga and I'm gonna dedicate it to this. No, no. He's got like a thousand things in there. Mm-hmm. He's probably got he's probably got a multi port on his clock where he's just got a 
cords and crap piggybacked on it. Right. So some of this video is him just sticking this thing in here and trying to figure out how to make it stay in mm-hmm. and stuff. Which we've all, I mean, I've done something like this in the PC. Sometimes stuff don't line up right or whatever. You know, but he also, he gives a great dissertation about how, like, this is part of owning Amiga. It's, and he goes, but I, and I'll, I'll love it. It's the best. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the worst. It's the worst part. You know, when I look at this tower, I think about, remember where there were these projects to towerize various Amigas, like sure. the A1200 tower yeah, and stuff they, like they that? they exist, yeah. Yeah. What if you took it the other way? Miniaturized it? Not meant, but like just laid it down on its side. Well, Pizza box. Style. It's still the same thing. No, because then it's not a tower anymore. Well, I mean, a lot of people, I, listen, I used to do it because you set the monitor on top yeah, of it. Yeah, it, it's know? a marketing opportunity. Well, I mean, listen, towers were all the rage back in the Disney. What was the, what was the deal with the tower back then? Why don't you want a, a tower? No. Towers were the death knell of interesting computer designs. Well, listen, they're, towers are good, and I'll tell you why. Because it's funny, things have come full circle, if you'll let, indulge me here. So back in the day, you had those big, flat, stupid-looking cases. They were yeah. big metal Wedge. deals. No, no, the big square metal deal. Okay. The big thing. And PCs. I'm not talking about the wedge. Wedge is gone. Okay. Everybody had them. And people are like, man, these are some big, crazy cases. Mm-hmm. I want to set my thing on the floor because I don't need this thing up here on the desk. And they're like, oh, okay, bam, tower case. We'll set that sucker down on the floor, right? So then people just stuck in the floor and had all the cables running their desk. They mm-hmm. were happy, right? Well... Something happened. Someone, like, something got released in the water or in the air. And people are like, you know, hmm, I could take this big, stupid, ugly box. I'll put some lights in it. And I'll put some crazy crap in it. What about the window on the side? The whole thing. And they're like, well, wait a minute. No one can admire this Mm -hmm. because I'm a geek. Mm -hmm. I need to have this somewhere people can admire it. So now they're bringing this crap back. Yeah. It's all coming back up. That's why you got all these goose on the LEDs and stuff. I mean, listen, do we do we put LEDs and crap in a toaster or in a freaking weed eater? We don't. Most people don't. Maybe a couple guys. Oh, no, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to put some LEDs in, in a toaster? Weed eater, huh? no, weed eater. <laughs> but I mean, I never looked at it like, I mean, I must be the mutant, but I never looked at the PC tower like it was a piece of art. Because it wasn't a piece of art. It was a boat anchor. The big metal thing. All it did was try to screw you. I guess if you were a repair person, you look at this stuff differently. Yeah, it's not true. a happy thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to break. It's going to crash. It's, it's there to screw you. Hate you. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I guess as a repair tech, the only time you really ever looked at a tower... Is when it was when it was acting up. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time it was just under the case. It's like when you're it's like when you're a principal. You only ever see the kids when they're acting bad. So that's see, right. Yeah, that's right. So my, the way I felt about it was like I was not happy about this. Mm-hmm. Listen, say what you will, but the wedges for the most part back in the day, like it, there weren't a ton of people disassembling the old C sixty four, the Coca. They just weren't. There was not that much in there. You didn't screw with them. Mm-hmm. But these big ugly things, big ugly fans. They suck in dirt mm-hmm. and they push out pain, and that's all they're there for, <laughs> you know. But now they everything's got to be fancy, mm-hmm. so, so you're it. not I, you're not signed up to buy like the the aquarium uh, PC case, like LGR reviewed no. or anything like you that. You know what I like? You know, and you've got one because we're using it right now. That little tiny box that mm-hmm. hooks the back of the monitor. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to see nothing, mm-hmm. and if that thing goes bad, you literally drop kick it into garbage. Yep. you're done. Buy another. I'm one. out. Yep. All right, Aaron, we move on past Chris Edwards and onward into the future, onward into a new video that I found from Jan Beta. Now, some people say his name is Jan. Okay. No, no one says that to his face. Yeah, but I do. I call him You Jan. call this guy Jan? In my mind. He's super famous. I Who know. are you? So it's funny how this guy is super famous because look at him. Look yeah, at his face. He's just like a normal dude. He looks hoodie. like a normal guy. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't Ooh, have. Look how fancy. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have you know sort of the suaveness that your Neil has, but he gets the job done. Job number one: put your twelve hundred in a crystal clear case. This is the prison twelve hundred. Yeah, it needs, needs one of uh, a Jack Flack's prison monitors to go with, and you mm-hmm. have the full thing. Mm-hmm. That is pretty nice. So anyway, he's like, you know what this thing needs? You've got the clear case. It's time to put some black keycaps on there. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, it cost you. if there's one thing I know about the Amiga community, it's yeah. their continual fascination with keycaps. Well, I mean, we really, can't uh, stop talking about them. A lot. Listen, it's not. You just, never hear the Coco community talking about keycaps. Oh, you I'll tell you that. But you listen. Do you go back and do you go out and look around in the non-Amiga world? No. Of the kit PC people, all the uh, uh, boutique PCs, they're all it's the keyboard switch, micro switches. 
the key tips are into all this crap, so it's not just Amiga, it's mm, everywhere. Okay. Just an Amiga, you pay an extra 30% for those keycaps. <laughs> well, I watched this thing, and what it comes down to is Jan opens it up, he talks about the keycaps, he talks about how they closely resemble the original A1200 keycaps. I'd hope. And then he replaces the keycaps. Yeah. Uh, this is not something that I would ever do. I mean, because so, it took so long it, it takes It takes so long. And i got to tell you something. I'm just not a fan of black. You know, I'll take a black. If you've got a TRS-80 Model 3 or something like that, black fits that. It suits it. But I'm not going to replace something beige with something black. You know, if I've got a prison Amiga, right, and who doesn't want one of those? Mm-hmm. I want clear keycaps. That's what I want. Where are those? It matches it. Exactly. Make the whole thing clear. Yeah. Yeah. Now that would be. Hey, do they make clear keycaps? Oh, I'm sure they do. Think about think about this industry. We need to like call who said. do we who do we know in the biz? We got a keyboard guy. Yeah, Stanley. Stanley, we're gonna call you up. This is what we want in the next batch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I recall boat that the keycaps here they took three million years yes. to get these things done. Yeah, it was t- hard. 2015 to 2020. I think it was this is twelve hundred dot a twelve hundred dot net. Now I listen. I got nothing bad to say about these guys because their cases are top, they're a very good case, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the keycaps are top shelf. And again, no one no one starts off making a prize and thinks themselves. Let's wait five years, right. you know. So and those look that looks looking at the keyboard here, it looks good. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're that, if that's your color, right? I think maybe a, a red would have looked nice on the clear. Any color but black. Well, I mean, but black is the color. Basic black is coming back, as they said in shock treatment, uh, but. I, I would like to see a little something different. I like the glowy keyboard that I got in there. Mm-hmm. How about something that, you know, that's awesome with yeah. the LED? Yeah, so you're you, you, when it comes to, like, outside of the computer case world, you're all about the LEDs. Just keep them out of the computer case. Have you seen my cool keyboard? No. It does, it goes like, like, it waves of LEDs. Doing all, it's like acid trip. See, that's what I want. It's hard to go back. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. mister, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just doing all that crazy stuff. When you've got a keyboard like that, then you just goes like, "Well, here's the here's my beige one, not right. as cool." Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. But I mean, so, it looks good. And yeah. this guy's a stud. You made fun of his name, but he's he's. I watch his stuff; is great. He knows way more than I mean. Pff, we can't even breathe this guy's air. That's true. What are we talking about? All right, Aaron. We finish up this week's Amiga news stories with a the new Amiga Attic. Amiga Attic issue eighteen is at the printers. What was I surprised at this cover? And look who's on there. <laughs> yeah, it's Garth. Our, yeah, it's our boy, Garth. Isn't so, No. <laughs> He's not my boy. What? You don't like Dana Carvey? Not not especially. I like Dana I Carvey. Mean, I don't hate him. Actually, I don't really like him. <laughs> That's a lie. But I like the character Garth. Why? Because he looks like this one girl that played clarinet in band. I don't know what that. That's not a. That's not a, a, a tribute to her. You saying that? Because Garza do. I know, but it's weird. I always thought that in my mind. It's odd that they would put this on the cover. I'll tell you why. I had no idea why this was on the well, cover you know, until I looked at his but, shirt. Oh, but you know that his brother invented the toaster and formed it out of nothing. No, I, I mean God I, I may have read that or heard that somewhere, but still, why isn't his brother on the cover of the magazine? Well, Dressed as guard. Listen, now that you got something. Listen, you know that you got to put your big names on there. Bill, Garth. I wonder if they couldn't put Wayne on here. Is it just Garth? Like they. Well, what's Wayne got to do with it? I mean, they're a team. That'd be like if you were the magazine and I was just like left off. Like I'd be like, listen, I don't. I didn't want to break it to you. Like, oh this, no. <laughs> anyway, what's that issue about? I gotta hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Boats, I hate HEA pulling you. Get the real story. Good lord. You what don't do want to hear about it? my dark past? I know about your dark past, and you're not going to be printing that. You were worried about Twitter earlier, drunk Twitter. You have to get good looking up to give that magazine That's interview. True. Now, what do you think of the, uh, the, uh, cover here because we love a meat addict it's a great magazine yeah well you want to get somebody's eye you know when you're when you're selling this thing on the newsstand over at the boots the wh smiths you want to have and so you know when i think what's going to catch somebody's eye in 22 2022 or 2023 yeah i might have gone different i might have gone different on this one but if you're going to do a story a cover story on the toaster yeah that's the I, only way still, you can pull it off. I still probably wouldn't have gone with that. That's Garth. the only way. I probably would have gone with Tony Hawk because uh, he was an early video toaster guy. I would have gone with Todd Rundgren. Did those guys actually work on a video toaster though? Yeah, Tony Hawk. He like edited skate videos on it. But I mean, I mean, I mean, work on it, like design it. I don't think Tony Hawk knows how to operate a computer. 
going in there. Well, you just said he edited some of the video toaster. Who's, yeah. the, who's the other guy you said? Frank Zappa? No, what? Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren. He thought it was mine. <laughs> he thought Bad Out of Hell was a, was a hilarious tribute to, to Bruce Springsteen. It wasn't? No. Oh. That's the only reason it got made. He thought it was a parody album. <laughs> Did he produce Bad Out of Hell? Man, what a guy. Well, I mean, no one else wanted it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, by the way, he went to the money bank yeah, he with did. that one. I don't know. You know, if, if you think about it this way, all right, because we're sort of burying this, but our generation, one thing's for sure, you look at that cover, you know exactly who it is, okay? Right. And you don't think, hey, look, it's Dana Carvey. No one th- they think, look, it's Garth. Right. You know, I saw both those films. The second one was no good, but the first one was pretty good. So here we go. This is the word from Texas Foosballer. Dana, Dana Carvey based the character of Garth Algar on his real brother, Brad Carvey, there who was... Go. So this is the real-life Brad. Garth is the real-life Brad. Wow. you got to go through several layers yeah. to get to that. I'm sure that's mentioned in here. Mm-hmm. And the toast thing, what's the scoop on that? Was that something from the movie? The no, I don't know. I think I think he only wore the Twitter those. thing says anyone for toast is that a to- is that the video toaster? What's well, the a- video toaster? That's, that's it. That's it. Oh, I don't see. Know. Before you were complaining, you had to go through too many things, it's and now too, you're like, it's too on. This head. is like that game that we played a couple weeks ago. We had to do the word puzzles. This is too hard for Listen, me. Listen, I think if we proved one thing, it's that we should not be designing the covers on any magazines. No. <laughs> hey, we had a, we had a great magazine. It had awesome covers. We had nothing to do with it. Well, no, that's why it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and that, Aaron, brings us to the end of our Amiga News of the Week. Man, that was some that was some uh, riveting news stories. I mean, seriously, I like it's, that. It's funny because you, sometimes you go through weeks and all you have is game news. And you're like, is the hardware finally going away? But no, boom. You get stuff, clock yazoos and stuff, and it's crazy. Know you know, before we move out of this category, just a couple little tidbits. You know, remember a couple weeks ago uh, we covered that story uh, where Doug had taken his Amiga online. Yeah. Saw, I mean, he was all that crap with YouTube and mm-hmm. stuff. Our own Edvin Helen has recently taken on the task of doing all that crazy crap. He actually had a YouTube video of me and Brent on ARG Presents playing on his Amiga, and he had, he had pictures of it on the on the Discord. So I believe what he did was he downloaded the video. That's right. In something like 180p, or yeah. maybe even 80p. All I know is there's me and Brent in video, and he was <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, I can't believe I'm watching ARG on the, on the it's thing. It's pretty cool. Listen. It's pretty cool. Doug was right. It works. And for a certain person, like a, an Edvin, mm-hmm. real passionate guy, he's got, you know, crazy, crazy man, they'll do it. Yep. You know, and I think, I think it's cool. Hey, the option's there. So good on you, Ed, but and you also good choice because that's the flagship show, brother. That's right. You'd think you'd watch Amigos on an Amiga, but nope. Nope. It's ARG, ARG. presents all the way. That's right. All right, Aaron, it's time to talk about sponsor of Amigos, Retro Rewind. You know, if you have an Amiga and the Amiga is either acting good or acting bad, say you've got one of those tower Amigas. Yeah. And you're real, real scared because it's acting up and you don't want to get in there because you're talking about money, brother. Money, if you want to get rid of this thing on the third-party market, yeah, you can't have telltale signs of Radio Shack soldering iron on the board. Wait a minute. They sold some decent soldered irons, but the most of them are garbage. Yeah, you're the right. one that I have is not great. So well, it's, you blame the tool. That's it. <laughs> Shouldn't talk to me like that, Aaron. <laughs> so... Retro Rewind is a place for you to go and visit and buy things for your Commodore computer. It's perfect for people like yourself. It is. It is. In fact, I've been making a mental list of all the things that I'm going to bring to Frank at BoatFest this year to fix. Yeah. The list is long. I see. I, too, have made such a list. And the reason we make these lists is because when Frank came around last time, we got to see his skill firsthand. And you can experience said skill. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come to BoatFest all you should. But if you have problems with your various Commodore or color computers, you just send them up to Frank. He will take care of you. He will take care of all your issues if if he can. If they're fixable, he can do it. Why? Because he's not a scrub. This guy's been in the business for decades. Decades, double decades mm-hmm. of action at the highest level, featured on TV. Mm-hmm. He's a big deal, right? And he's got big skills to take care of your issues, Boat. Yes, that's right. And you can load up your cart with goodies, whether you want a uh, HID mouse adapter, maybe you want an A600 accelerator, or maybe you just need to get some caps. You can load up your cart and use promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. Save yourself 10% off the already low, low prices at Retro Rewind. We thank Retro Rewind for being an official Amigo sponsor, but most importantly, we thank them for being such a great member of the Retro community. Hey, let's put Frank over, by the way, because Amigathon's coming up, as you know. 
And we, of course, we're, we've already opened the floodgates on the Amigathon. Mm-hmm. And Frank met all bids up to 500 bucks, so he doubled it up yeah. effectively. Both. Yeah, so thank you to Retro Rewind for matching the first $500 in donations. Uh, we appreciate that. And if you'd like to check out what's going on with Amigathon this year, head on over to Amigathon.com. And uh, in just three short weeks, Aaron, we will be uh, going at it for 12 straight hours. <laughs> yes, we will. It should be a lot of fun, Boat. And I'm looking forward to playing tons and tons of Amiga games, and maybe not necessarily other games that we may we may avoid thoroughly. <laughs> All right, Aaron, let's talk about Virus. Good. All right, that's the that's the love theme from another game because Virus has no music. <laughs> we we stick something in there, so. Boy, let's talk about Virus Boat, this poorly named game. Uh, released in... Now, this is something, all right, because I know where this is going to go, but let's get it over. This thing was released in ni- way back in 1988. Mm. Old game. Yes. All right. Uh, came on one disc uh, in the tradition of the author and developed by a fellow named David Braben. Mm-hmm. Now, Boat... This guy's kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah. I know? mean, I go way back with the Brave. Do you? You're a Braven fan, are you? So, I mean, well, he's elite. He's the first and the last name of elite, except for the other guy. He he he's he did, uh, uh, amongst the other things he was uh, responsible for, it was the elites, all the way up to, like, elite dangerous stuff. Like, he was in. He was mm. involved in all this stuff, uh, Boat. Uh, he was in. He was involved, of course, in the game today, plus the predecessor to this game, which we'll talk about, called uh, Zarch. Involved with Frontier, of course, uh, some roller coaster tycoon stuff. So, and, he, and his career went on to like consoles, the whole nine yards. I feel like an idiot for not knowing this, but in 2011, Braben created the Raspberry Pi. Did you know that? Because I didn't know that. I don't think that's true. That's straight off. That's straight out of the thing. It says he was involved in the podcast. Okay, project. he was in, he was involved in it, but he no, didn't form it. I don't out of think nothing. he just pulled it up from the e. There's a guy called Eben something that is actually the guy behind Eben the rest. Steven? Yes. <laughs> I think his name's Even name. Upton or something like that. That's a good that, name. That was the, the creator of the Raspberry Pi. Uh, he also is a, get this, he's a fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering. You can tell this stuff because the guy... Had, oh, my gosh. Do we? Is this a 30-second clip of virus that's going to play behind this? No. Okay. It's a... No, why? It's okay, a 58 Ed, minutes. Because Edwin, Edwin... Okay, I don't know what happened, but Edwin was complaining. Well, what are we catering to Edvin now? Listen, man. That's ARG. Don't do it on here. Anyway, continue, please. So, anyway, this guy's done a few things. He's sort of a big deal, if you know what I mean. Um, he was responsible for a game. You ever heard of a uh, of a machine boat? You may have heard of this thing. It's called the Eight, the Mighty Acorn Archimedes boat. Remember how many years we lamented. Not owning an Acorn Archimedes. I still lament it. I was looking at Acorn Archimedes monitors today and thinking about buying one. You're kidding me. No. There's one for sale right now for $250. It's one of those 15 with the weird sink, so it would work with an Amiga 2. Yeah. I didn't buy it, but I was thinking about it. It's for sale in the UK. If I could get one of these things, I'd have one, mm-hmm. You know, because that's me. Anyway... Um, and what you go? Let's go ahead and get this out of the way early because the virus game is basically the I guess we're going to call it the updated version or downgraded version of Zarth. Okay, Zarch. Zarch. Excuse me. Let's go right to the port comparison boat here. I've got on the screen if you're watching at home. So Zarch was one of the early Archimedes games, and it ran with uh, it was an unusual game. If you've never seen this game before. I mean, it reminds me of a few other games we've played on Amigos, where you've got a very small chunk of real estate under you that, that is a landscape, and you're in a flying craft, and you roll around this landscape, and the landscape, like, rotates under you and turns. Uh, on, in Zarch, uh, it's pretty much a lot of the things the same, except for two big differences. One, Zarch runs a lot smoother, a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. And two, and this is sort of a bummer, on the uh, on the Acorn Archimedes, Zarch had dynamic lighting. Have you watched much th- of this? And- not only did I watch it, I played it. 
Oh, you actually loaded up Zarge? Yeah. What'd you think? I loved it. Well, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> if you told me it plays better, I was going to punch you. It, it doesn't play any better. Okay. But I loved it because I was playing a game on the Archimedes. Uh, part of me, <laughs> I got to be honest, I didn't notice the dynamic lighting effects yeah. when I was playing it because I was too busy dying over and over again. Yeah. But one thing I did notice was it seemed like you could see more of the ground also below you. Also true. You've got a, you've got a, a wider a wider area to look at. But the one thing that really uh, is just nicer is that it runs much, much smoother. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with all that said, uh, it was time to port this thing to the Amiga, and, and they did. And among other uh, computers that this got taken to, I'm surprised by this list, uh, really, both. The ST, uh, DOS, of course. The ZX got a version of this. Wow, I didn't look at it. I wish I had. Now I think about it. Uh, and what happened was when they poured this over, again, the the, the Amiga is a uh, it's a slower machine than the Archimedes, obviously. The Archimedes is like a 32-bit machine. And so there, it just, it, it was, there were certain limitations. Now, he did take advantage of things that the Amiga were good at, which was adding some sound effects and whatnot. Uh, and so basically, it's a you know from what I read, it was a it was a fairly it was mostly the same thing just with the limitations we talked about. So with all that said, I want to get the backstory and so we can just talk about the game itself. What is Virus? Uh, you want to take this one? Sure. <laughs> and go ahead, vote. So Virus is a three dimensional polygonal space shooter. Yes. In which you are you pilot a spacecraft in a three D uh, infinitely scrolling uh, space, at which you target uh, various uh, uh, enemies, both in the air and on the ground. The story of the game is that you are trying to prevent. Uh, these uh, aliens from spreading a ground-based virus across the landscape. That's where the name of the game comes from. Um, that's a, that's essentially what the game is. Yes. Yeah. Now that I mean, it, it, some people, uh, in fact, Moby, a couple places refer to this as sort sort of defender-like in yeah, a way. Yeah, I would call it yeah, defender-like. <clears throat> um, the ship you pilot is sort of a. Uh, it reminds me almost like a, a, if you fully envision the ship from Asteroids, mm -hmm. just like a triangle with yeah. some like shape. And, and with filled polygons everywhere. And the other ships, it looks like what you would expect, like, old VR to look like. Mm -hmm. Or your classic, you know, we've played a lot of games like this. This is how 3D was done mm -hmm. on this level of machine. With some ground, you know, with some shadowing and some ground stuff. But for the most part, you've got these big, huge, chunky pixels as your groundwork. And then you've got stuff uh, going over it. Uh, um so all of that sounds well and good. The game also includes a map in the upper left. It's a huge, it's a map of like a, a pretty large space. It's kind of deceptive to look at the map. You're like, wow, look at all this space. So now we're going to talk about the gameplay here. And we're, I'm going to try to explain the controls. Because this game, you know, we talk about some games, the controls are the game. And this is absolutely that kind of game. Uh, when this game comes up, it asks you if you'd like to remap the keys on the keyboard. And by the way, that's one thing that the Archimedes version did not have. I did read that, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, so when you remap them, I thought I knew what I was doing when I remapped them, but I, I didn't know. And I, had to, I remapped them, I don't know, about 100 times trying to come up with something. This game, the control, this UFO or whatever you're controlling this game, controls, it's got basically a bottom thruster. And shoot you up, and then to move forward, instead of like the, the thruster never goes to the back. No, it's not like a plane. You always have to fire off this bottom thruster, and so what you have to do is lean your ship forwards or backwards to change your trajectory. Well, the downside of that is, uh, as you do this, you lose altitude because you are actually you don't have anything pushing down mm -hmm. towards the earth. It's pushing sideways. Um. You can do this in a number of ways. You can play this game with the mouse. You can give it a shot. You can play it with the keyboard. You can give that a shot. I tried both. And I'm, uh, in full disclosure, I was god-awful at this. In fact, it, it was embarrassingly bad. When I first started up, I could get all, I could go straight up, and then I could attempt to do something and crash. I did that hundreds of times trying to play this game. Eventually, I got to the point where I could move around the map, I, and you could also shoot and fire missiles in this as well. 
Uh, and so, and you'll you'll be accosted by aliens that you, and you'll see them come up on the radar. Really, the game's a simple game. You see an alien come up on the radar, you attempt to fly, intercept it before it does too much damage. You try to kill it, you move to the next level. That's pretty much the, at least the early parts of the game. That's what you've got. Uh, the, but uh, that easy task is the most hard thing I've ever done in the history of man. I had all kinds of trouble. You, there's a ceiling. You can go, I mean, you can literally fly straight up into space. And then you just go up. Uh, uh, but when you do that, you don't see the Earth. So effectively, the screen is black at that point. The screen is black on the sides anyway because the map of where the ground doesn't cover the whole screen. It covers... Gosh, what would you say? At varying degrees, no, but say no it, it more covers, than a it, third. Yeah, it covers probably up to a third of the screen. It's hard to explain what this game is, but take think about this. Put a map on a table, and, and then turn the lights off and get a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And pretend the top of the flashlight's your ship, and then turn the flashlight on and move it around the map. Yeah, that's, and a, that's, great, pretty much that's what a great you analogy. See. Except uh, there's no like gradual fading out. It's just pitch black right. outside of that. And I think that's the Archimedes. I think that's where the, the lighting, which uh, it's cute, but it doesn't really make that much of a difference. And of course, unlike a map, this is, you know, this has valleys and trees. So, but I mean, you get the general idea of how it works. Boat, did you have any luck at this in terms of gameplay with the controls? Well, I played this game. I started out, first of all, I started out playing this game on the wrong system. So okay. if you try and play this on the A1200, you're screwed. You've got to play this on a slower machine because yeah. this is a game that's tracked to the, the processor. I actually played this on the uh, Amiga Forever and I turned it onto the 500 because mm-hmm. the 1200, I, was, I kept dying real quick. Yeah, so playing this on the 500 is essential. Then I started playing with the mouse and the mouse was uber, uber sensitive. Yeah, you would tip over easy. And I don't know if it's because, like, the mouse settings. I've never had trouble with the mouse in any other game on the Amiga, so I'm not going to screw around with it just for this one game. Yeah. Okay? Don't so I went, I went to the keyboard, okay? And I had limited success with this game. I was able to fly around, find enemies, and destroy them, but I was only able to destroy them with the missiles. You get three homing missiles yeah. in this game. And you can launch the missiles, and they they will hone in and destroy an enemy. I was able to complete the first level because you only have to kill three things to complete the first level. <laughs> That's exactly what I did to get past it. Um, this game suffers from some things that I think are fixable. I don't think this is a completely lost cause of a game. To me, there are two gameplay elements that need to be changed if this is going to appeal to anybody else than the most sort of hardcore gamer who's willing to waste, you know, long periods of life. I'm talking real life on this game <laughs> uh, to to achieve any kind of success. The first thing is that you have to be able to tilt your ship up. Um, I'm okay, even though it's it's completely stupid. Like, no real ship would only have a bottom thruster. That's the dumbest design in the history Maybe of the Maybe that's why the aliens do it. They, well, the, the aliens have got other things going on in their ships, presumably, that allow them to travel forward. Because whenever you see a UFO, a saucer-shaped UFO, you never see it tilting forward to go forward. That's not it's how they a, roll. It's an interesting It's an interesting way to do things. Let me, let me continue. Yeah. Uh, the, in this game, you can tilt your ship down. Okay, you yep. can tilt your nose down, but you can't tilt your nose up past parallel with the ground. This is an issue because if you're going fast and you want to slow down rapidly, ideally what you do is you tilt your nose up and you'd use the negative movement to slow yourself down right. and start accelerating in the other direction. If you could do that in this game, it would make it so much easier to control. It would also make it seem more natural, too, because you'd have 360-degree movement. As it stands, you can flip your ship completely upside down and drive into the ground, no problem. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing that's wrong with this game. Yeah. The second thing that's wrong with this game is that your altitude is entirely too much. You should not be able to fly up into the atmosphere where you lose sight of the screen. Yeah. They should have made your play space a glass box where you could fly up to where the screen is almost just about gone, but that's it. Because when you're, you don't exactly have what you call exact thrust controls in this game. No. You just start going and you go and you go up into space and yeah. you can go up a really long way. Okay. And so 
by doing that, you completely lose any sort of navigational abilities you might have. You lose the, the relative uh, positioning of your ship versus the ground, and then you're just flying around in space, okay? Yeah. So if they would have fixed those two things, I would have had a much, much better time with this game. We've played games that were similar with the landscaping mm-hmm. and similar with the view. We played a, uh, that helicopter, was it Z-Wolf? Z-Wolf. Mm-hmm. We played a couple of these. And we played games that are, so I can get past, listen, it's a game of a tier. I can get past the real, real small draw distance and, the, and all that stuff. I can even get past the goofy controls because, again, you've got to make this some sort of game. But you nailed it dead on. The game, it's it. Why would you not make it easier just to stop, slow down? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, there's a there's a button that will flip your ship, but by the time you're in a free fall, you're boned. Mm-hmm. There's no pulling out of uh, it out. You're done. All right, you're gonna hit something, the water, the ground, whatever. And so, at the end of the day, what you've got here is something that's incredibly. You know, this game, I've seen this game a million times. In like little like highlight reels of the Amiga or something, you see the because it, it, it's real striking the mm-hmm. look of it. Absolutely, you know you've probably seen it. We didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. but we've seen it hundreds of times. Yeah. But when it's time to play the game, uh, it's it's not fun. It's frustrating to me. And and now this game had a rep. I read about it before I even played it. Like, listen, this is tough on beginners. Yeah, they're not kidding. Well, guess what? I'm a beginner, and if you're too tough on me, I don't want to play your game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 and this, I think part of it is this game was probably a game of its era because it's one of those games that came out. People are like, holy smokes. You know what? You know what this game reminds me of? This game reminds me of a three-dimensional lunar, lunar lander. lander. I almost made the comment when you were talking. I the, agree. The, the problem is, is that when you're playing Lunar Lander, you're not fighting off enemy jets. Yeah. They should have included a mode in this game called Dumb Guy Mode. Where you can just, or the free fly mode, where you just fly around, you practice landing, you practice taking off, you kind of play as a as a tourist because this is a this is a world that you want to fly around in. This is a world with lots of little touches. There's buildings, there's different types of foliage. When you drive across the ocean, you see the fish jumping out of the ocean. This is the type of game that begs for a free flight mode that just lets you get used to the controls and get used to flying around without having to deal with the hassle of other craft trying to blow you up. Yeah. I will say, I occasionally could I could shoot stuff, but it was very rarely was there any skill behind it. I would just get lucky. Well, even we know as, as, as we're watching this playthrough, and I, I, you know, this this guy obviously he's better than we are. But if you look at his his attack pattern, what he essentially does is when an enemy gets by, he just scatter shots fire in every yeah. conceivable direction. Oh, there's no conceit. There's no way you can hone in on the enemy. Like I mean, this is not a you're not going to be a, a, a sharpshooter in this game. You're just going to spin around and shoot like a maniac. Mm-hmm. The map in this, it, it, the map seems fine. It shows you where stuff's at. It shows you where to go. But getting to those points is is frustrating. I'd almost wish it didn't happen because you're trying to get somewhere. If you were trying, if it didn't matter where you went, it would be easier because you don't you can't get anywhere. Yeah. Now this this game, you can tell that when Braben designed this game. He wanted to give it some personality, and he didn't just make, you know, like in Defender, you're fighting against these these alien guys. He actually, there are different names. There are di- the, the crafts are all different sizes. They all have different characteristics. There's the cedar that, that spreads the virus. There's a drone that can mutate into a mutated drone and become more deadly. There's a thing called a pest, uh, which is a magenta and yellow octahedron, which always heads towards your hoverplane. All these things are great, but here's the here's the reality. When you're playing this game, you never see any of that. All you see is some random shape zoom towards you and either destroy you with a bullet or run into you and cause you to die. Yeah. That's all you see. I know. I you know, listen, I knew when I when I saw this come up and we were playing it, and I was like, here, I'm gonna go talk about this game today. I was like, this is gonna be a struggle. Because this for me to comment on the game, I like to have made some progress. I got to the third level one time. And it was, I killed some stuff on the first level with my guns, and I used the missiles and killed some stuff. And I was, and trust me when I tell you, it was pure luck. The number of times I died in this game is like the number of times you would blow up lemmings in the game, just hundreds and mm-hmm. hundreds of times. Bang, bang operation, and you start over, over and over and over. And I started saving my games uh, and, on, on, uh, on the computer so I could just, okay, I got a guy right. to save the game. Yep. Yep. That's no good. Mm-hmm. 
when you kill one guy or two guys and you're like, okay, let me save the What game. you're describing is Yolanda at this point. Because, I mean, it's Yolanda. literally, it's literally, I did one thing right. Now let me, you know, save my progress so I can go on to do the second thing. Now, am I saying this is as bad as Yolanda? No. This game is fine. You know, it's not bad at all. It's just way, way too difficult. And it's a product of its time. And so I had more fun playing Yolanda. That's a, that's a lie. There's I did. no way. I did. Because it was, I, listen, Yolanda, I could at least tell where it was going on. I could, I could move my character left and right, which is more than I could confidently do in this game. Now, listen. I'm freely admitting that I might just suck, okay? And I haven't looked at the reviews we got. So if other people are like, listen, because the reviews this thing got, which I might as well go ahead and talk about them real quick, they were stellar, both stellar, stellar reviews. You know, and this game was highly uh, regarded. Uh, the people over at Lemon give it a 7.47. And again, that's going to be a tough bunch. Uh, uh, Mika Computing gave it 7. AUI, 8 out of 10. Commodore User, 9 out of 10. The Games Machine 83, uh, I will say your Amiga buried it with a 53, but the average magazine rank was 74, and this thing won lots of awards and stuff, too. Like, get this boat. Uh, uh, the, this thing got, it, it was named, uh, it was named in tons and tons of top lists, you know? Like, it got, it got a, there was a verse of this that got released on the PlayStation, you know? Watch I heard was, about that, Virus 2000. This was voted the fifth best game of all time. In a 1991 issue of Amiga Power, okay, so the, the, so clearly someone was having some fun with yeah. this that we didn't have. Yeah, did you get any action on this? Uh, yeah, we got tons of Discord reviews. Maybe this they week. can maybe they can uh, fill us in here. David Hearn Ryder writes: Virus is a very challenging 3D shoot 'em up with challenging controls. It requires a different strategy for the different enemy types, and you'll die many times as you work that out. I think they improved it from the Acorn version, and it truly was a next-gen game back in the day. Well-designed, but brutal. I still have a soft spot for it. 7 out of 10. Yeah, there you go. David Z writes, Wow, what a mix. The actual gameplay was horrible, but I just loved kind of just flying the ship all around. I only played for about two hours, and I never actually blew up anything, but I sure as heck crashed about 4 million times. I did play on WinUAE and had to slow everything down, but maybe I should have slowed it down a bit more. Sound was okay, but could have used some music. The 3D engine was great, but as always, I flew too high and I never knew where I was. Map helped a bit, but then I would just kind of crash down as I tried to get lower to see what was going on. 5 out of 10. Lord Soup writes, Virus. Looks great. The static camera, while liberating for the CPU, really doesn't work. Controls were really twitchy and I find unintuitive. A game way ahead of its time, and I commend the coding of achievement. A modern twist with real ca rear camera and longer draw distances could make the idea into a game I want to play. Sorry, Mr. Braven, you didn't draw me in on this one. He also reviews Zarch. He says, it's worth mentioning Zarch, the Amides, Archimedes and PC version of Virus. Better draw distances really helped this game. 5 out of 10. Pajaco6502 says, okay, I got this. Up, left a bit, right a bit. Tilt forward and thrust and whoa, whoa! <laughs> a technical marvel on a 16-bit machine, but I found the difficulty curve not only with flying too much too, but even the aerial dogfighting was tricky. I'd fly around trying to find some baddies to eliminate and trying to work out exactly where I was shooting from a third-person view meant either getting blown out of the sky or smacking into the fantastically rendered scenery. Missiles helped a lot, but they are limited. Along with the limited view area, this is this one is not an easy one to pick up and play, and for me, this probably would have worked better as a game in first-person view. I've tried a few times in the past to play this, and always end up walking away frustrated. Maybe one day I'll get it, but not today. 5 out of 10. Level Lord writes, I had high hopes for this game, and I sure, I'm sure I played it a long time ago, but doing so now is fairly disappointing. Main issue for me was constant fight with gravity while trying to shoot stuff. If I would be able to split controls between keyboard and mouse, it would be a different story, but no, it's one or the other. Comparing this game, because the concept is very similar to my favorite shooter on the Amiga, Z-Wolf, this one can't even come close to it. Just to add, maybe it was unplayable due to the speed of my system, but anyway, no fun. 3 out of 10. And Virus Review from Z9K9. He writes, There aren't many games with completely original control schemes, but the seldom imitated virus is one. From a third-person perspective, it elegantly compresses both direction and pitch in a smoothly context-sensitive fashion onto the singular plane of mouse movement, which is hard to comprehend at first, 
but rather than study, this is better approached as a perceptual motor skill like riding a bike where fluency is simply acquired with time. Reward is a vocabulary of moves distinct from any other flying game, blendable with fully analog precision and graceful flow. The controls meet gameplay of wholeheartedly, gloriously, full-throated 3D combat, strafing the landscape, cutting sleeping landers in two with a ground hook of gunfire, matching your speed with a high, straight flying bomber, geometrically angling to slot him with a well-placed bullet at your leisure. He goes on to talk about the great things in this game. The colorful quilt-like landscape of squares makes stylish capital from the constraints of draw distance every screen a diorama. One of my favorite games. Man, that's yeah. that Zena. Not only is he a great player, he's he's a quite a quite a, a verbal. He's, he's a wordsmith, as you they know, say. I was just thinking about this as you were reading these reviews, so this reminds me of there was a game that was a based on this technology that became a big deal in the PC company. It was called Voxel Technology. Mm-hmm. We may be trying to play something on it. It was a game called Comanche. I remember that came out for the. It was it took advantage of Voxel Technology. It, this reminds you. It reminds me of like two steps up from this. Mm-hmm. It's very similar, except that more refined. Full screen. This game could have done something else that would have helped this game. And I think Soup mentioned this in his review. If the camera hadn't been, if you hadn't been front and center on the camera and instead the camera zoomed out mm-hmm. to sure. reveal the landscape under you to give you yeah. some idea yeah. of where you were at. Yeah. Now, of course, again, we're complaining about things that the Amiga maybe couldn't do. Right. This was something you'd see later on. But I think this is one of those games that stretched out its hand, but it stretched out the hand. And it was just the technology wasn't there to pull this sort of game off for me. Clearly, other people enjoyed it. Now, I did look this up on the eBay mode in case you're interested in picking this up because this would would probably be a pretty decent one to have. Um, This game goes for some bucks, all right? I saw people selling it for 70 and 74 bucks. That's the big box. I saw the small box selling for 29 to 23 bucks. And I saw this sold in the big box. 128 bucks, and in the small box, I saw it sell for 34 bucks. So you can obtain it if depending on what you want. I don't know. You looked. I didn't look through the rule book. I saw you had it out there. Was the, did the did the book offer you any sort of additional help? No. the The book is is very very simple. I mean, yeah. it looks like the 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 manual to a 2600. Is game. that it? This is it. So it's just two pages. Oh no no oh. no! It's got it's got pages, but it's it's okay. it's controls. And then there's there's four pages of enemy types. I see. So it's it. not, not not an epic no. novella. There's no novella. Yeah, which we we demand in our games now. So w- any final thoughts on this? Yeah, not good. Not good. Did- <laughs> well, there you go. Then there yeah. you go. Let's move on, shall we? All right. What's been going on on the old YouTube channel? Holy this smokes! What hasn't been going on, Boaster? We've actually got a lot of action here uh, this this week. Let's start off with a little thing I like to call. Coco Bond. Mm. Let's talk about it, Bo. Okay, Give man. us the scoop, man. So Coco Bond is a Sokoban clone. If you don't know what Sokoban is, it is a game in which you push uh, boxes around a room to find the exit. Yeah, that's uh, like my room at the house when I'm trying to get out. <laughs> and uh, But this game has some uh, some fun other uh, other things, too. This game was originally based on Pico Bond, which was a Pico 8 game. And uh, it uh, we actually, this is a very special <laughs> episode of the Coco Show because we have the author of the game on with us. Uh, Paul Thayer, a.k.a. Redbeard, joins us throughout the entire episode and talks to us about the genesis of this game and all of its features. I enjoyed this one, Aaron. Let me tell you, I learned something. Now I'm ready to do interviews again. We're ready. Mm -hmm. Now we got it. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I'm not as uh, uh, um, scared to look dumb. As long as we're doing them and just let the other guy tell us everything we don't know and we just sit there, Mm -hmm. then we're ready. Yeah. Uh, But this was fun. Uh, I sucked at this game too, Boat, by the way. I think me and you both sucked about equally in this one. And then, but it was great to have the author because you get a little hidden peak. Yeah, like this was a Pico Eight game that inspired this game, which you know, if you're into the Pico Eight, that was cool. He sort of, he sort of trepidatiously told us about what he had coming up. Mm-hmm. Then Boat even gave him some game ideas right there on the show yeah. in Boat's own inevitable way because mm-hmm. he's a he's a pot stir. You I are am. Boat. I am. So this was a fun one. If you're a oh, Coco- we also talked about what we're going to do to those Cocoa Crew guys once. Cocoa That's what Cocoa I'm talking about. Around. See, you're you're also stirring more pots, so we ignore that. We love the Cocoa Crew, uh, but uh, yeah, this was fun. I had a good time with this one. Uh, speaking of fun, I mean, listen, how can you not click on that? The big <laughs> pokey. <laughs> Me and Brit. We did a show on the Pokey Chip. ARG Presents is the second show we've done on it. The first one was on arcade games. This one was on the Pokey Chip Back to the House, the home games. That what had a, what had a Pokey Chip boat? You know, 
stuff like the Atari 5200, the 8 bits. Mm -hmm. Did you listen to this one, by the way? I did. Did you hear my long soliloquy and how great the 8 bits were and how they don't get any respect from nobody? I, I, was, I was cheering did in my car <laughs> as you said that. Because listen, the Sid, everybody's talking about the Sid. All the, the Sid, well, the Sid is, is so good. The Sid is great. The Sid sucks. The Pokey's where it's at. Even yeah. though the Pokey can't actually play some intervals in tune correctly, yeah. for for a chip that came out in the seventies, that's what I was. Saying. That's what it's all about. Because by the eighties, everybody can do everything. But the, for for the time, there was nothing like the Pokey chip. Show me some of that great Apple II music that was going on in the seventies. Yeah, there was none. Uh, yeah, listen, you're not gonna get an argument here. I love the Pokey. Me and Brent had some good fun because I looked at a couple good games here. Brent picked an, an old favorite of mine, Alley Cat. Mm -hmm. I like Alley Cat always, too. Always, it, it really does show up the Pokey chip. And I showed, I picked up a game. I'd never played this one before on the 7800. I was boat. surprised when you were because I'd never played this one either. Boy. I knew this is a high dollar game, but when you're talking about cutscenes and stuff, that's yeah, not stuff this you was, see on the 7800. This was a lot of fun. It was Commando on the 7800. Mm -hmm. Now, the 7800, in their infinite wisdom, Atari decided, eh, we'll just use the 2600's chip for the sound. That was a dumb <laughs> choice. Real dumb. Second, and so what they, they were like, don't worry, if you want pokey music, just put it on your cartridge. Mm -hmm. It'll be cheap. Now, so they I, did. I'll tell you what's interesting. Um, in, fa in fact, as I was doing some research yeah. on the old 7800, I was like, I wonder what's going on in the homebrew scene these days. They've actually created... A uh, a multi cart that has an FPGA inside of it that can simulate the Pokey chip. Neat. So when you're playing Commando, because normally when you play Commando off a of multi cart, yeah. it sucks because you don't get that Pokey sound. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, for the record, I'm not dissing the Sid chip. I love the Sid and the Pokey. Listen, I'm not one of these guys going to get this kind of back back schoolyard throwdown. I embrace all technology. I love it, except for the PC. It's no good. All right, <laughs> now. Let's move over. Believe it or not, finally, we got a lot of sweet action on the Stream Team channel, Amigo Stream Team. Quickly, run, add it now to your YouTube uh, subscription list. It's gold, solid gold, free to do. I did a show last week, Boat. Now listen, sometimes you pick a winner. Has it only been one week since this? It feels like a so million, I did billion this years. Last, I did this last Friday. Wow. It was, it, was a, a, it was a Friday Night Disaster stream with your good buddy, Amigo Aaron. You know, I had one quest, Boat, and that quest was to bring back the Nintendo Wii. This is my first ever effort with the Wii. And I mean, I've got a real Wii up there. I'm jumping, I'm dancing, I'm, I'm romancing, I'm bowling the whole nine yards. And I thought to myself, this is an underserved console. People will be down with the clown. Mm -hmm. we're playing some, well, that was wrong. No one was down with this clown. People hate the Wii, and they hate anyone that plays it. I didn't, didn't, this video died a death, but it didn't get over. But it was a lot of fun. And so I told myself, listen, self, you're coming back to the Wii sometime soon. I don't give up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get it over. I'm bringing this sucker back. There's a ton of good Wii games. I don't mean the Wii U. Ed, Ed, you ditched that thing. Oh, you, knew no. what, you got rid of that I thing. I had all kinds of, yeah. Uh, Edmund asks, is there a Barbie game If on there's the a Barbie game on that sucker, I'll play it, but I don't think there is. I think I covered, I think me, I think me and uh, uh, Frodo pretty much hit all the, the Barbie mm. games, but you never know. But there is some boxing games. I boxed. I bowled. A sword fought. I mean, it was you know yeah. the Wii. Oh yeah, Come the on, put great. it over. I yeah. love the Wii, and I've always loved the Wii. And I don't understand the 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 crap that it takes from the gaming community maybe, at large. Maybe people just didn't want to see me bowl. That could be part of it. Mm. So there's a now. Listen, uh, you're not in the Wii. Understandable. But here's the thing: you're going to be into. Look who's back. Guess who's back? It's 48k RAM. Mm -hmm. The Joster, and he's back, brother. And he's jacked. He's came back in style. He's streaming again. This time out, we've got some Coco. He's playing mod files on the Coco, dude. And guess what? They sound primo. Mm. Did you know you could do that? No. Mod files on the Coco. You wow. can do it. You could go home and do it right now. How do you do it? He shows you. Oh, Josh, this I'll guy's have to not watch some, it. He's not some kind of homeless hobo. He knows what's going on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Just look. He knows the score. And then he also does a few other things, but I, I want to get, and he also does some Well, he knows what's up because he's got the Coco SDC. That's right. you got to have that. And you get that from Frank at RichardRewind.ca. He also, he also messed around with the, uh, the Atari 800XL uh, this week as well. So good stuff. Um, so, and by the way, the coming stream that I'm going to put up this coming week is when he finally once again goes to war. With that BBC oh, Master One Twenty Eight, that's been a that's been a big project, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, and boy, it's it's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. So check him out now. 
This was a fun one, Bode. Holy moly. It's our good buddy, the Flaxster, Jack Flack himself, Rob Flack bow, over here. Bow, bow. I was putting him over earlier. I'm going to do it again. He does a little show called Sprite Castle Plays every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's it's not Miss TV, Bode. I think that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. This time out, and you never know what he's going to do. This time out, it's a couple hours of him going through his old arcade photos. And, ta- and so it's all arcade stuff and Listen, you can go around and you can sit around and listen to some dipstick talk about some dumb crap, or you can listen to someone who who's double deep into the hobby give you the scoop, the heavy games, the games that had rats nests in them, what they found in there, was there money in there, which games were hard to move, what do you pay for them, what do you sell them for? You know, the construction of the arcade. What happened? Why, why are they you know, all gone? He should make a podcast about all of these arcade machines. Good idea. But he's already made one. <laughs> you know that. Uh, but listen, you should check this out. This was a lot of fun. Man, I, this was real entertaining. So, and you should, another guy, you should get on Twitch, follow, subscribe. Uh, Rob O'Hara on Twitch. This is his weekly Sprite Castle. Good stuff right there. I'm so happy to have him cooking again. Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, another guy who's back. He's back again. It's our good buddy, Happy Coding. Happy sent me some new games to play. Oh. One of the games I can't play because it's in a format that I don't have an emulator for. Oh. But the other one he played, remember this old Asteroids game? Mm-hmm. He made a version of it where your ship is at, on the ground and goes back and forth so it's like Astro Blast. Oh, okay. It's very clever. Yeah. Happy, you may not know this, but he's double smart and, he's, oh, yeah. and he knows the score. And so this is Happy Coding's ZX Spectrum coding class. He goes in here and he talks you up. He gives you advice. He gives you techniques. It's a weekly show. He usually pretty much goes every week. So if you're interested in learning a little something about programming on the ZX, you know, we don't do a lot of programming talk because we're dumb. This is what we got to bring in ringers. I don't even know which side of the keyboard to Listen, use. Listen, I can't. How many G's are in programming? I don't even know. All right. That's why you bring in Happy. Happy Coding. So please check him out. Always a good time with the Happer. He's, he's a fun guy, too. He's been on many of the old ICCs back in the day. I think, Boat, that's all we've got to talk about. But I do want to talk about, before we finish up with your other stuff, you know, we've got a, a big event coming up, as you mentioned earlier in the show, and that's a little thing called Amigathon. Talk about it, That's Bo. right. Amigathon is coming up on February 11th. No, it's not. That's wrestling. February 18th. <coughs> February 18th is uh, Amigathon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please join us at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Amigo Studios as we play 12 hours of Amiga games oh, to help raise money for the Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Since 2017, Amigathon has raised over $10,000 in support of worthy causes such as Make-A-Wish UK and the Children's Miracle Network. Yeah. We hope you will join us for 12 hours of fun, conviviality, lots of good games, maybe some bad games, and hopefully raising lots of money for Listen, the kids. Listen, I'm not getting any sort of conviviality unless there's a fiver involved. Out there. <laughs> and I will say this. Uh, this is the year that I'm so thankful that we're not having that rent the hour thing. Because oh I could see some sucker loading yeah. up for like two hours of virus. Mm-hmm. And that would be the end of the telethon. That'd be, <laughs> they'd have to put me in the Children's Miracle Hospital because I'd be down. I'd yeah. be down for sure. It should be a lot of fun. When I told the Brent that this thing started at 8 a.m., the look on his face was priceless. He was like, oh! He doesn't have to come right at 8 I told him, I was morning. like, you never show up on time anyway, yeah. you hose head. <laughs> so, but me and Boat will be there. That's right. We'll be ready to rock and roll. We're getting the kickback. So if you would like to contribute right now and get in early on the action, go to Amigathon.com. We've already raised over $1,000. Another special thank you to Frank at Retro Rewind for matching the first $500 in donations. And we hope you will join us in just a couple more weeks for Amigathon 2023. It will be a happening mode. Yes. It will be a happening, my friend. All right, Aaron, what's coming up on Amigos next week? I'm afraid to look. <laughs> Let's see. Oh! Premiere. <laughs> I don't know much about this one, Aaron. Have you played this yeah, one? Yeah, I'm afraid so, mode. Uh, I played this on the ARG one time. Well, this is another core game. You I will know, say, the, the Brent loved it. Mm, he told me it was okay. one of his all-time favorite really? games. All right. Well, Me, sometimes so we much. have the same taste, so. Well, <laughs> I pray it's not this time. Otherwise, it's got to be a locked up mode. Hey, I'm going to give it a fresh set of eyes and try her again. Because sometimes when you look, review stuff with the brand, just his mere presence sours it. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you, as always, for listening to Amigos. If you want to uh, keep this show rolling, you can head on over to patreon.com slash amigos podcast. 
uh, and you can join our Discord community. Uh, if you want to watch us live on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. And uh, we appreciate all the fine folks that support our show, either through Patreon or on Twitch. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you to our moderators over in the chat. Uh, we appreciate everybody who makes this show go each and every week, going on eight years now, Aaron. Unbelievable. Years. So, guys, we will see you next time. And until then, adios. adios.